Hey, good news! We've added the Tech on Tap podcast to Google Play, so if you want to listen there, look us up. This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we bring you the latest information on ONTAP 9.7. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipoc. Zipoc. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. First, I was able to chat with Octavian Tanase and Jeff Baxter for the executive view on ONTAP 9.7. I'm here in the studio with me today on the phone, uh, Jeff Baxter and Octavian Tanase. So, Octavian, uh, if people don't know what you do here at NetApp, what do you do here at NetApp? Um, I lead ONTAP. All right. Good. Short and sweet to the point. Simple, I would say, even. Um, so, <laughs> if people well, want to reach you... That's a good segue because simplicity has been a theme of a lot of the work that we've done in, um, in product management and engineering. So yes. I'm happy to tell you, tell you more about that. I think people already know how to reach me uh, on, t- on Twitter. I am on, at um, OCTAV. Uh, so that's, that's good enough. Did you just like forget how to spell the rest of your name? Is that what happened? Oh, um, yeah. I, well, I tried <laughs> to keep it simple. Oh yeah, you know, sure. I get it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and somebody took at Octavian, so I was oh. well, you know, with a shorthand. Yeah, I'm sure you could like pay him off and grab that handle if you wanted to. Yeah, not worth it. Yeah, probably not. Uh, speaking of not worth it, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Oh. oh, we'll cut that out because I don't want people to. Be no, no. You. I mean, you you should keep that in with reviews coming up. No, wait, wait. We have other things on the audio that have that you know, so just keep that in mind. Um, so, okay. yeah. so yeah, there's no blackmail here at the podcast, but so uh, Jeff, Jeff Baxter, I do whatever Octavian tells me to help run ONTAP. Uh, I am a senior director in product management, and I'm on Twitter at at BaxOnTap, fully uh, branded, yeah. fully branded, fully tested, mother approved. Yes, I can't leave ONTAP. I'd have to change my Twitter handle. It's really it's locked. Yeah, in. that'd be very messy. Yeah, it's, okay, you but you, you're mostly responsible for scale out NAS, just to to make sure we put a finer point of what you do, because I don't, I don't want you to be confused of what you need to deliver on. Ah, okay. Oh, yes, in that case, I am responsible for scale out NAS. Look at that leadership okay, from the top. It really was yeah. very. I, I felt leaded right there. You know, I'm trying to clarify and, and help Jeff. I like. It. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. You don't want to have to tell him twice. Uh, so Octavian. Um, we're here to talk about ONTAP 9.7, of course, because we do this every year or actually every six months because that is now the release cadence. So, Octavian, uh, I wanted to ask you, what was the overall vision of ONTAP 9.7 and what sort of decisions were made and why did we make them? Well, I think uh, there are particular themes that are top of mind for us. And these themes are top of mind because they're top of mind for our customers. So, increasingly, you know, people want to have access to resources in the cloud, right? So we have um, added capabilities and we are refining these capabilities to enable tiering or to enable data protection in the cloud or to enable uh, hybrid cloud data management workflows. Uh, Top of mind for customers is simplicity because in many cases, what they're able to recruit and retrain are IT generalists. And what they're good at, it's uh, they're good to script um, and we've introduced uh, a bunch of capabilities around Ansible and dozens and dozens of modules that 
you know, really streamlined workflows that enable operational simplicity of, of, uh, of ONTAP. We've also uh, completed the journey of uh, introducing RESTful APIs, modern RESTful APIs for ONTAP. So that has been, you know, top of mind. Uh, security, it's also a, uh, a source of res resume changing events for many folks in the, in the IT industry. So we always um, introduce new capabilities or refine capabilities around our security and, and compliance, you know, capabilities. And uh, last but not least, we look to anticipate certain technology trends around, uh, let's say, high-speed Ethernet or hardware acceleration. And we're looking to, to implement that those capabilities uh, into the product, uh, adopt these technology trends on behalf of our customers to improve price performance ratios, uh, to improve the resiliency of the product. Um, and we deliver that in, uh, in our systems. Um, Probably the, the thing that I'm most proud of this um, th in this release is the um, uh, the availability of SAN only or a workload optim optimized configuration of ONTAP. That's a flash only configuration where we brought in uh, simplicity and we brought in you know focus on database workloads uh, by enabling an active active uh, path from the host into into the array. So that that simplicity. Uh, together with the mission-critical implementation of our uh, SAM software stack, really um, delivers on on the sweet spot of, of customers looking to to run um, you know database applications, workload optimized database applications on top of ONTAP. So traditionally at Insight, we usually have like this this big ticket item feature in ONTAP, you know, like FlexCache or NVMe. This year, it was basically simplicity and then also feature enhancements. So what would you say to people that, you know, maybe criticize the, the, the fact that we didn't have this giant feature that came in ONTAP 9.7? Why would, What was the, the decision-making behind that? Well, I think uh, customers are less and less interested in features, and they're looking for end-to-end -end solutions. And they're looking for the simplicity of being able to consume, you know, those solutions. So you're going to see us... Um, you know, talk less about, I don't know, NVMe. We're going to talk more about, um, you know, the scalability and the mission criticality of, of NVMe for modern SAN. You're going to see us talk less about, um, you know, FlexCache and, and talk more about, uh, you know, data distribution and solutions around simplicity of data distribution. You're going to see us talk a, less about Fabric Pool and more about seamless tiering of the data uh, to to lower cost, um, you know, storage, you know, targets or, or, or the cloud. So more pivot towards solutions. Um, it, it's not that you, you know, you don't want to develop, you know, capabilities and features, but what you want to talk about, it's really, you know, workflows, use cases, you know, solutions. That's what customers are looking to, uh, to consume and adopt. So it's kind of like a car commercial. They don't tell you all about the new cup holders. Instead, they tell you about the driving experience. Sure. And, and, you know, there is a, a phone manufacturer that um, always um, shows the, the, the beautiful pictures that have been taken with that device. They don't necessarily talk about the internals. They, they talk about the experience. So that's the approach that we're taking. So, Jeff, um, as far as new features go, I mean, we did a lot with Scaleout NAS this time around, you know, kind of finishing up some, some feature sets. What was the overall arching theme for the Scaleout NAS story? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes right back to simplicity, right? So I think there's a simplicity and elegance in 
having everything work with everything else, right? And sometimes that's just as much of an engineering challenge, right? I, I think the one thing that shouldn't get lost is there was, you know, just as much, if not more, work put into this release. And sometimes you can release, you know, feature after feature after feature, and, and it just feels like an avalanche of things coming down. But if they aren't all simple to consume, and if they don't all work together, it becomes a nightmare for people to to use them, right? That's that's the elegance of a well-crafted product is that it just works and it's intuitive about how it works and, and things work together, right? So having things like, you know, if you get into name brands or stuff, having FlexCash now being able to work with FlexGroup, right? Makes it easy. You don't have to make a choice, you know, going into a architecture, which do I use, right? It, it's, it's easy to do that. Um, having FlexFalls be able to be in place converted into FlexGroups, right? Is gonna uh, massively unlock the capability of our customers to use that scale-out container to really embrace scale-out NAS without having to go through some sort of painful migration. And again, they don't have to make a choice up front. If they feel like they want to use a FlexFall, we certainly want them to use flex groups. but if they want to use a FlexFall, again, they won't feel like they're locked in. Fabric pool mirrors, right? Being able to go from one cloud provider to another cloud provider, to go from uh, AWS S3 to a storage grid, for example, or, or from one hyperscaler to another, again, makes things simple because it it simplifies your initial choice because it's not a lock-in choice for you. So, so all of these sort of features, even though they might not be, you know, the uh, here's NVMe over Fabric, you know, or something like that, that they may not be that that big, shiny thing. They're all about simplifying uh, customer experience, um, simplifying how you actually architecture, and then making it so that you know when you go to do something, it just works. And and I think that's actually uh, sometimes a bigger engineering challenge than just coming out with the first you know shiny widget. Yeah, it's challenging because I know that with the sales teams, they probably use the big features to get their foot in the door and start talking about the new releases. But when it comes to selling the product and customers buying the product, it's about outcomes and it's not so much about the feature sets. Yeah, definitely. I, I um, think a lot of customers, as they make uh, decisions, uh, buying decisions, they're looking to future-proof their investments. So they want to make sure that whoever they do business with is able to um, to build the, you know technologies and, and capabilities that will stand the test of time. Right? Some of the basic requirements of uh, data management and storage have not changed. You know availability, resiliency of that data. You know ability to scale, um, ability to to operate that in a seamless fashion. Right? Um, those those capabilities um, and, re- and requirements from our customers have have not changed. What they're looking for is for that additional simplicity. What they're looking for is how they can uh, use our technologies in conjunction with the cloud. So that's uh, top of mind. That's what we're trying to deliver on. So you mentioned this sort of things are top of mind, um, and I'm guessing that you're getting feedback that goes along with that. So we just had insight recently. What were some of the conversations you had in the VIP sessions about? Well, I, I think the, a lot of the, the conversations there are uh, uh, with existing customers, but also with new prospective customers. Um, I think we, um, from the, the new customers, for the new, in, in the new conversations, I, I think people um, are really impressed, um, you know, with our vision. Um, people are really impressed with not only our technology, but what we're trying to do to simplify um, their adoption of the technology. Um, and, and bringing consumption models from the cloud on-prem. And um, we've gotten a lot of uh, positive feedback about the, the Keystone program that delivers that you know, flexibility of, of running uh, data management and infrastructure on-prem 
with the same simplicity and the same you know business model as uh, as the cloud. Um, now with the uh, with existing you know you know customers, I think a lot of them sort of appreciate sort of the the journey that they're on, and a lot of them feel that uh, we never leave them behind. We always listen uh, to their input, to their feedback. Uh, a lot of them feel that they have a real um, you know, impact and ability to influence our roadmap, our direction of the company. Um, and, and overall, we've gotten, you know, very good feedback uh, with all the folks that we've engaged. And Jeff, same question. I mean, what sort of conversations were you having at Insight in the VIP sessions? I mean, m- much of the same, right? Customers are, are looking for simplicity of consumption. We talked a lot about the Keystone announcement at Insight, which I know isn't isn't specific to ONTAP, right? But it continues the, se- the theme of... Um, you know, simplicity of consumption, all things, right? And, and the new platforms that came out, the A400 and, and uh, the new FAS 8300 and A700 that were part of the ONTAP 9.7 cargo, right, are all designed around this um, Keystone program that, that enables additional consumption offerings, right? The single page quote, all those other things. So a lot of those conversations were just about how do we make it easier to to do business together and to, and to um, enable solutions together, right? So it was, it was interesting. There weren't nearly as many of the you know, deep dive, how does this widget work with this? Because we've started to solve a lot of those problems. It was really, how can we help them accelerate their business? All right, so let's say I'm a customer and I am on ONTAP 9.5 or 9.6. What's the number one reason you can give me to upgrade to 9.7, Octavian? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. Um, First and foremost, uh, if you're running a database application, you really want to adopt the new deployment model that the old flash array um, enables you for sand workloads. So we believe that that's the top reason why you know somebody wants to um, to, to to use um, ONTAP, uh, um, you know, nine point seven. The second um, are mid-tier platforms, um, uh, the A A four hundred platforms and the equivalent fast platforms. You know, are really clever. Um, they support um, you know, an environment where you can connect both to NVMe as well as traditional um, media. So there is that simplicity of, of building infrastructure um, that really fits with what you already have in, uh, in, in your environment. And, and probably last but not least, um, everybody's looking for simpler ways to, to get their job done. Um, and ONTAP 9.7 delivers that. There is a completely redesigned, simple to use, Sesame Street simple to use system manager. Um, and, and I think the, um, the Ansible modules and recipes that are helping you, you know, streamline that user experience are, are the, the major reasons why you want to adopt ONTAP 9.7. And Jeff, what about you? I, I think, you know, 9.7, it's just, it's all about the simplicity. I think, you know, we, we kind of touched on the the new system manager, and and I think that will be a benefit for for IT generalists or even experienced um, you know NetApp experts using the system and just you know one page click through of creation things. I, I think it's just in many ways a, a completion release that makes all the things they know and love about ONTAP even easier to use. And and I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to wouldn't want to give that a try. I would add also, because um, I'm the Flex Groups guy, uh, there's some pretty good Flex Group changes that go beyond features. So we, you know, we talk about the NFS v4 support. We talk about Flex Clone and conversion as being you know major things in Flex Groups. But also there's some behind the scenes stuff that went on that helps improve workloads, especially when you're dealing with large files and streaming I/O. 
Uh, so, you know, look into that because that, that those changes they've made with the ingest are going to help auto-sense, you know, workload types to make the placement and overall performance for those workloads be better in general. All right, Octavian, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us and giving us the executive overview of ONTAP 9.7. Next, I was able to bring in John Jacob and Skip Shapiro, as well as Mike Peppers, to tell us all about ONTAP 9.7, as well as the new All Santa Ray. I'm here in the studio with me today is Dan Isaacs. Hi. Hello. So, uh, Dan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Just got some kittens. Yeah? Yeah. What are their names? Uh, their names are Rufus and Gus Gus. Yeah, and where did you get those names? Uh, I don't know where Rufus came from. Rufus, Rufus Wainwright, maybe. And uh, Gus is the uh, named after the chubby mouse in Cinderella. I don't understand why there are no Ohio State-themed names for those cats. Uh, there are plenty. However, uh, my wife does not care about about the Ohio State University. Yeah, but you guys could come to a compromise. Like, hey, here's a cute name. Like, we Bucky. did compromise. Bucky. We, we would went be a with good her. One. We went with her names. That's that's the key to marriage is compromise and allowing your wife to call the shots. Dan, how do we reach you on social media? Uh, at Dan Isaacs for all the latest and greatest kitten pictures. All right. Also with us today on the phone, we have Mike Peppers. Hi, Mike. Hey, Justin. How are you? Doing well. So, Mike, uh, what do you do and how do we reach you? Um, I am a technical marketing engineer and cover uh, all things blocks, like, for instance, SAN and FlexRay and FLI and so on. And you can reach me on Twitter at NTAPFLIGuy. All right. Uh, also on the phone, uh, Skip Shapiro and John Jacob. Skip, what do you do here at NetApp? Oh, greetings, Justin from the left coast. Uh, I'm a technical product marketing manager, formerly a CME. And I think your longtime listeners well know I'm a 20th century guy, so I still communicate mostly by email. So skip.shapiro at netup.com is the way to reach out to me. All right. And John Jacob. Hey, this is John. Yes, uh, product marketing manager for ONTAP, and uh, just had good sessions over at uh, Insights. I really enjoyed all the discussions there. Uh, best way to reach me is on LinkedIn. All right. So, um, well, wait, wait a second. Justin, how do we reach you? Oh, you just come to the podcast and listen to me. I'm the NFS Dude Abides on Twitter if you're interested. So um, as far as Insight goes, Skip mentioned Insight. And uh, because Insight just happened, we can now talk about the things that were announced there. And including uh, in, included in that is ONTAP 9.7. So that's what this podcast is going to be all about. Uh, but first, we're going to just have John give us the high-level overview of what the messaging is for ONTAP 9.7. So, John, what do we expect out of 9.7? I'll take it away. Yeah, so with ONTAP, I think it's great to have a frame of reference of what it is uh, does for our customers, the value that it can bring. And overall, it can help our customers to build that storage infrastructure for them that is smart, powerful, and trusted. And so with that, uh, they can help maximize the value of their data because they can use ONTAP to really unify their environment from edge to core to cloud. And overall, that can really help them to simplify their their storage infrastructure. So again, smart, powerful, and trusted are the main key frames of reference to keep in mind for the value that ONTAP can deliver. And diving just a little bit more into each one of those, like smart, for example, is all about efficiency, but it's not just that proven storage efficiency. There's also the efficiency of the management and simplifying the management across the system, whether it's uh, application provisioning, make it really straightforward, space-efficient copies, or um, automatic tiering up to the cloud. 
And so uh, and powerful, it's not just about performance, which again, we know ONTAP delivers, but it's also about versatility. So really responding and quickly adapting to all the changing business requirements out there. So whether it's the scalability or flexibly deploying ONTAP across those edge applications or cloud applications, as well as in core infrastructure, and then easily moving data between them. And then on trusted, it's all about that you know, comprehensive data protection that we can deliver. And again, that means backup and disaster recovery, but also it's everything that goes with that, which is non-disruptive operations, as well as that security that needs to be there. That's a given or a requirement for all our customers out there. And they may have compliance requirements too. So all of those add up to an environment that our customers can build with ONTAP that is smart, powerful, and trusted. So many different ways to that are important for those angles in the, those three use cases. So Skip, um, you covered ONTAP as a general session at ONTAP. What session number was that if people are looking for it in the portal? Uh, so that was breakout session uh, 1276-1. And it was called... Uh, do more with less time and effort with the new releases of ONTAP. So you couldn't come up with a longer title? I tried hard, <laughs> but that was the best I could do. And we have a blog with that title out on the NetApp blog site. That's good. That's good. You should have made it like an acronym so you could like, you know, shorten it like like SMART. SMART would have been a good acronym. But I'll leave that to you. Yeah, it, mine would be terrible. So, I mean, you know, I just I just give you ideas. I don't actually execute on them. It's just how I just, <laughs> it's my role. Uh Instigator. Yes, right. So, uh, Skip, uh, tell us about ONTAP 9.7, what you covered at Insight. Uh, sure. I'm going to use the follow the format that John just laid out of smart, powerful, and trusted. On the smart side of things, uh, we introduced three new uh, platforms supported with ONTAP 9.7. There's one new mid-range uh, all AFF platform called the A400. Uh, that's a upgrade target for customers who've been using the A300 in particular, and brings um, two uh, configuration options with 25 gig ethernet or 16 gig fiber channel on board. And then it provides uh, twice as many PCIe slots per controller as the A300. So this is a 4U chassis versus the A300 being a 3U chassis. So for that extra 1U, you get twice as many PCIe slots. Also new with the A400 is there's a storage efficiency offload card uh, that also doubles uh, as the cluster interconnect uh, card with 100 gig of ethernet. So that offloads uh, compression, decompression, and deduplication um, fingerprint calculation. So that helps boost the overall performance that the A400 uh, can deliver. On the fast side of thing, we have two new models. Uh, a new mid-range model called the A300, which leverages a lot of the same hardware architecture as the AFF A400. Uh, that's an upgrade target for the um, FAS8200. So, and it also offers 25 gig or 16 gig fiber channel as the configuration option yep. with onboard ports. I'm sorry, Skip. Did you say the A300? For the fans? 8300. 80, 8300. 80, 80, oh, I was going to say, it's like, oh, we yeah. already have an A300, but continue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so thanks for that. If I slipped into um, saying A instead of 83. Um, it could have been uh, my It has five PCIe slots um, and doesn't use the offload card, but does include NVMe flash cache on the controller, mm -hmm. as we've done with previous generation 
um, FAS systems. Um, the 8300 has a big brother. That's the FAS 8700. Both products are 4U chassis. The 8700 is a alternative to the FAS 9000, which sits in a 8U chassis. Um, it's got the 8700 has all the same uh, I/O port uh, options as the FAS 8300 does, uh, and it delivers more performance mm -hmm. and even more scalability on capacity. Correct. Good. Supports more drives and therefore more maximum capacity. Yep. Good point, John. Um, what What's also new with these uh, three systems is a simplified configuration and quote structure, um, and that also includes uh, new uh, support edge offerings. So you can get a single page quote, which is typical with these new systems, and your choices for support are support edge advisor, which looks a lot like uh, support edge premium, but actually is better, um, um, and it's priced about the same. And then there's a new um, really enhanced support offering called Support Edge Expert, which gets you direct connectivity when you have a problem to a subject matter expert, uh, and you also get periodic uh, reporting um, and analysis of your uh, environment, and you can get support for up to four uh, hardware upgrades uh, per year with uh, Support Edge uh, Expert. Four hardware upgrades per year. What does that mean? Like, what do they get out of that? So um, they, they have a choice of, you know, guidance on which um, release. So, for example, which um, support release, which P release, um, service update to go to. Or we do two feature releases a year. So that can include that. Uh, and if, um, yeah, if a customer has support edge, um, then they can even have NetApp do the upgrade for them mm -hmm. using the automated uh, non-disruptive upgrade process. So the, the expert, do they, do they just get Justin's cell phone number? No, you don't want to do that. You go straight uh, to voicemail. They get much more help than Justin can provide. Yes, much more than I can provide. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, yeah, so Justin it, is. It's still better. <laughs> yes, right. So, uh, so Skip, I, when I heard hard, hardware upgrade, it made me think that you guys were just handing out new heads or something for a year. So that that, that like helps. Candy. Yeah, it's like, oh, hardware upgrade. You know, I get a new A300 for my... <laughs> Yeah, so that's not it. It's actually just upgrades. No, but with our next credit program, you know, when customers, customer, many customers who bought AFF systems in particular uh, can use their credits from their next credit uh, to replace their A300s and go to an A400. Mm -hmm. Cool. Is that like a one-to-one -one thing, or is that just like kind of like, you know, you get some it's money pretty, off? It's pretty close to one-to-one. -one. I mean, it's the A400 is the natural upgrade target for the A300 so i think applying that credit completely they get they get new new controllers um, along with that credit by using that credit yeah i think the only situation in which you'd have to pay that much more would be is if you stepped up in the portfolio so, yeah yeah if you went up to like right. an 800 or something yep. yeah <clears throat> that's right um, one last thing on the simplification is we've simplified uh, support renewal pricing so the price that you pay per terabyte and per year is the same after your first three years of support as it was for the first three years. Oh my so that, goodness! That's something new. That is, that is a very welcome change. Yeah, we've had. Uh, <clears throat> I think customers are going to be happy about that. 
Um, these new support uh, edge options and the flat and predictable renewal pricing apply only to the, the three new models, uh, but you can look forward to seeing that uh, apply to other models uh, going forward. Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw in there from 9.6 as well. So, I mean, it kind of gets glossed over. Don't forget that all the releases are now the same support level, right? So they're all going to be long-term releases. Right. That's correct. Yeah, so 9.6, from 9.6 forward, everything gets five years of NetApp uh, support. Uh, three years of regular service updates, two years of break-fix support, and then... You know, even two years beyond that for self-support by using the documentation that's available online on the NetApp support site. Um, so that's the, the new uh, systems we introduced in 9.7 plus the simplicity around quoting, configuration, and support. Uh, there's a, more simplicity, more smartness uh, in, in what we've done with ONTAP as well. Uh, so uh, starting with ONTAP System Manager. So that's the software, the user interface to manage a single cluster. Um, we changed the name in 9.6 from OnCommand System Manager to ONTAP System Manager and introduced a new REST-based um, uh, interface. With 9.6, that was just a view interface so that customers could get experience with it. With 9.7, it's the default interface for managing your cluster. The system manager overhaul is its so much better. Uh, it will be the, the thing that uh, customers will love most about upgrading. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, and I think the coolest part of it, because it's all REST, it's using REST APIs to gather all the data it needs to present it to you. Uh, there's a nice option you have to... Uh, press a button and it exposes in real time all of the uh, API calls that it's making just to show you like a performance graph or, or uh, LUN configuration, etc. Uh, so that if you're uh, a, a newbie uh, script writer like me, uh, you know, you'll have that list of APIs that you can, you can just copy from to build your own scripts. Yeah, great point. And if you're not into script writing, the user interface makes it really easy to get your job done if you're an admin. The dashboard is, uh, gives you an easy view of your capacity utilization, including what's in the cloud if you're using Fabric Pool for automated uh, data tiering. It shows your overall storage uh, efficiency uh, savings ratio. Uh, you get the visualization of what the cluster looks like and identification of failed drives, for example. Um, the performance that uh, uh, view you get, uh, now you get a history, up to a year's worth of history, right on your dashboard uh, with System Manager, which you didn't have before on TAP 9.6. Yes, yeah, as the performance guy, I'm, I'm also tremendously excited about that. Uh, persistent performance graphic data uh, gathering and, and uh, graphing uh, and the ability to drill down into the performance uh, at a more granular level per container, you know, container type item. Yeah, it's I'm with you tremendous. on that, Dan. That was the most exciting thing for me when I, once I saw that new user interface. Uh, just a little bit more on System Manager. So uh, provisioning of LUNs and provisioning of volumes for your file serving is far simpler too. Each of them is now just a single page to get it done rather than multiple pages. And um, configuring your policies, your volume-based policies for data protection, 
is way simpler too. Um, in the same vein, we've made management of multiple clusters or more uh, sophisticated management of a single cluster much easier with ActiveIQ Unified Manager. It has yeah. the same clean um, look to its dashboard pages as a system manager, um, and it includes uh, two new key capabilities. One is um, a, a security compliance page. So you can see what's the security uh, regimen that you've got in place for your cluster, what's the authentication uh, methodology that's used by your admins, what security compliance do you have in place for your storage virtual machines, uh, and what kind of encryption uh, protection, data rest encryption protection do you have on your volumes. And then where you're not in compliance, it tells you what to do about it uh, using the ONTAP um, hardening guide, uh, which is, um, I forget what the TR number is off the top of my head, uh, but it follows those recommendations. Uh, were you going to say something, Dan? Oh, yeah. I was just going to uh, let our listeners know that uh, that is the product formerly known as On Command Unified Manager. Yeah, we rebranded it. Yeah. Because we like to do uh -huh. that. Right. Just when you're getting used um, to it, it's time to rebrand. Yep. There you go. <laughs> the other new uh, capability within ActiveIQ Unified Manager uh, is integration of our performance service level managing tool. Uh, so that was formerly called NetApp Service Level Manager and was a separate piece of software that you had to pay for. Now it comes for free, integrated with Unified Manager, and lets you do your workload provisioning to service levels. So you can meet your application service level uh, objectives. Uh, and it integrates with higher level orchestration like ServiceNow, or you can use Ansible modules uh, uh, to help uh, take advantage of these uh, service levels. So that's really cool functionality as well. Yeah, that, that and, really goes into uh, the simplification efforts is we're really trying to uh, limit the number of different uh, things that you might have to install uh, in order to you know, manage the totality of your NetApp environment. So. Yeah. Fewer, easier to use management tools are a good thing. Mm -hmm. yes. So what would, you, what would you call that if you have all your management tools in, in one place? Um, like uh, something simpler than a Swiss Army knife? A, a un, a unified <laughs> manager? No, I mean, like, if they're all, like, in one, like, single thing, what is that, what's that phrase? Nirvana? Like? Singularity? <laughs> You know, it's like a it's like a glass analogy. What is this? Oh, single pane of glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just wanted to ring the bell. Anyway. Okay, ding ding. All right. Uh, one more thing I'd like to mention about Unified Manager is so this is ActiveIQ Unified Manager 9.7, but you can take advantage of it on ONTAP releases all the way back to 9.1. So you don't have to be running ONTAP 9.7 to take advantage of it. So of course, any, any functionality that's in a newer release than what you're running isn't going to be exposed, uh, but you can use the new tool. So that's interesting. So basically, it's supporting both Zappy and REST API at this point, is, my, is what I would guess? Uh, yes. And so the, the functionality that depends on REST APIs obviously can't be taken advantage of until you're running 9.6. Right. 
because we don't have those REST APIs and, until then. And I do want to just call out, you know, it was kind of under the radar, but adding NSLM into ActiveIQ Unified Manager, I think, is a good thing because, you know, a lot of people were concerned about NSLM going away altogether, but it isn't. It's actually getting rolled in and leveraged for its power that it already has. Yeah, and we have a... We've done this over the course of uh, multiple unified manager releases. You know, Performance Manager, for example, used to be a, a separate uh, software tool that was integrated uh, a few releases ago, and I think you can look forward to more of this. And in fact, what I haven't talked about is why do we call it ActiveIQ Unified Manager? And that's because there's integration with the information that gets sent back into ActiveIQ. So uh, over time, you'll see more and more intelligence about what to do in terms of mitigating risks or following best practices that's been garnered from the huge install base gets flow back from unified, uh, sorry, from Active IQ into Active IQ Unified Manager, so cluster managers can take care of that um, right at their fingertips. Awesome. All right, one more smart thing I'd like to talk about, and that has to do with efficiency and actually making one of our efficiency capabilities easier to use, and that's Fabric Pool Mirrors. So what you've been able to do with uh, your capacity or cloud tier with Fabric Pool uh, up until 9.7 is take a Fabric Pool aggregate and uh, uh, tier to a uh, single uh, cloud tier, single cloud bucket, uh, or multiple aggregates tiering to a single bucket, what you could not do is go from one uh, fabric pool aggregate to multiple buckets. 9.7, you can do that. So you might go, well, that's interesting. Why would I want to do that? Well, the number one reason is you want to change your cloud bucket. Maybe you start out uh, not knowing how much data is going to be cold, and uh, you're going to go to the cloud. Maybe you're going to go to Amazon, or you're going to go to Microsoft Azure. So you start collecting your cold data there, and over time you've got so much data there, petabytes of data, you start looking at your monthly bill from your cloud provider and your jaw drops. And you go, gee, there must be a cheaper solution to this, and that would likely be something like Storage Grid from NetApp. So you could mirror your data, your, your tiered data, from the cloud to your on-premises storage grid, uh, and then when it's all mirrored, stop using the cloud and save yourself a bunch of money. Um, so that, that's the key use case. A second use case is maybe if you're continuing to use the cloud, you'd like to have two buckets out there for added resiliency purposes. And conversely, that, I mean, if you wanted to go from storage grid to the cloud, you could do that uh, and do this all absolutely. without – or you can have multiple copies of this if you wanted to. Yeah, or you're – you know, at some point in time you need to refresh – your storage grid appliance, right? The drives are, the hard drives are out of, uh, um, out of support. You need to migrate to a, to another system. You mirror to the new system. When it's all done, you can, uh, you know, um, uh, decommission your old system. So, so how, how do the egress charges look with that? Is it pretty reasonable, or what, what does it do? Well, if you're using the cloud, you know, if you're using Amazon or Microsoft Azure or Google, you're going to pay for egress uh, charges um, uh, on the well. The, uh, the mirroring, uh, so you're going to have to play, pay some egress charges while you're doing the mirroring. That, that, that is true. But it, it gets you out of, uh, out of the payment scheme that you're in. 
But between storage grid, there's no charge. There's no charge for the capacity other than buying the system. And of course, you're not paying any egress charges. That's right. And we just actually got some great new updates for storage grid, including an all-flash storage grid in, in the 11.3 software release. Which I imagine you're going to cover in another podcast. We might have already covered it in a podcast today oh, as okay. a recording. Sorry. But yes, no, we, ha- no, we, haven't, we haven't published it yet. But it, yeah, we just, we just okay. recorded that today. Good. So All right, good. Continue. Yeah, yet another chapter for customers to listen into. That's right. All right. Uh, so that covers the smart area. Let's move on to what's powerful in 9.7. All right. Um, and here we're going to talk about something that's brand new. We've introduced uh, new configurations, new packaged offerings of uh, two of our all-flash-fast systems, and they're called all-SAN arrays. So these are dedicated SAN-only systems that deliver the simplicity of a SAN-only uh, array in deployment. So your choices are fiber channel or iSCSI configuration um, at the outset. We'll be adding NVMe over fiber channel at some point uh, in, in the future. Uh, and so the provisioning um, aspects of these systems is very simple. You provision ones, and then if you want to use, take advantage of uh, automated uh, um, cold data tiering, you can provision uh, your aggregates as fabric pools. Uh, the other aspect of the all-SAN array is uh, we use a little different uh, um, host-to-LUN pathing than we do on our standard AFF and FAS systems. All paths to a LUN are active and optimized. So in a typical HA pair uh, configuration, um, you'll have data going down two paths one through each node. Um, the LUN, that's each storage controller. The LUN is still owned by one storage controller, but you know the traffic is basically split um, half between each controller. And so if a path is lost or a storage controller uh, is taken over, you still have um, traffic uh, going through the other, other path. So it's a, it's a means to deliver continuous availability for those mission critical applications that require uh, that level of um, uh, data access. So, so Mike, does, does Mike does this check out? Does, does Skip get it right? Uh, Skip got it exactly right. So, um, did you want to add any color to that? Yeah. So basically, what we're doing uh, with the, the all SAN array is this is that that the, the primary change, and it doesn't sound like a very big one, but it actually has pretty big uh, impacts. And that is, is is that we change exactly how we advertise pathing. Uh, previous to the all-SAN array and with unified arrays, we typically are going to present both an active optimized path, that is your direct and preferred path to get to a given LUN, and then active non-optimized path. Those are paths that are active but are less preferred. They're less direct than the active optimized. In the case of uh, all-SAN array, what we've done is this is that number one, the all-SAN array is an HA pair. It can, this is at introduction, things will change over time, but right now it is uh, limited to an HA pair block only protocol. So you're not gonna have NFS or SIFs or any of the features that would be associated with NAS protocols, nor can you join that HA pair to another cluster, either another all-SAN array or a unified array. 
some of these things will change over time, uh, but that's where it stands now. So with your HA pair, since we're able to advertise all paths as being active and optimized, typically you're going to have two paths each from each of the controllers to you know each of the two fabrics that you have. And all four of those paths, so two from each controller, one to, to fabric A, one to fabric B, all of them are going to be advertised as active and optimized. In other words, they are direct paths that you can use to get to your data. Why is this important? The reason it's important is this is that in the event that you had a planned or unplanned uh, uh, takeover, let's say you were doing uh, uh, ONTAP upgrades, for instance, even when you were actually failing over node A to node B, you would still have active paths that would get to the data that node A normally hosts, even when it is, in fact, in the process of being taken over by node B. So what that ultimately means is, is, is that if you are looking at a host, uh, that, that host is always going to have access to its data, always, as opposed to previously, you would be looking at six nines. And so very close to always, but not quite the same as always. So when you say always, and you bring in the nines in the discussion, is that 100% or is that like nine nines? Uh, no, always is this uh, the difference between six nines and 100%. Oh, okay. So I guess that's uh, uh, five zeros and a one, maybe? Yeah, something like that. It's basically, always is 100%. Okay. So does this support uh, things like NVMe, or is this fiber channel only? I mean, what is this? In the initial release, uh, we chose to go with Fiber Channel and iSCSI. We're, we will add NVMe uh, in future releases. The reason we didn't do that up front is, this, this, is that as of now, there are only a couple of host stacks that actually support HA, storage HA, that is to say. Uh, we expect the remaining uh, stacks to add support for storage HA as they essentially uh, update with newer versions of each of those uh, uh, various offerings. We'll see support for ANA, and with support for ANA, you get storage HA with NVMe. Once that becomes a little bit more prevalent, I would expect probably with the next release, uh, you will probably start seeing NVMe uh, showing up in uh, all Santa Ray as well. Uh, when does ANA, Mike, uh, when does ANA have, because uh, right now it it uh, is just path failover, right? So it's not simultaneous simultaneously using multiple paths, right? Yeah, so ANA is like Alua. It is very similar, but there is a very big difference. Uh, so with Alua, you have active optimized and active non-optimized. But notice the key word there is active in this case. In ANA, you have active and inactive. So what that means is, 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 is that the inactive paths, will you, you're not going to use an inactive path, period. The only time you would use an inactive path is, is in the event of a takeover, that inactive path would become active. So that is going to require a little bit of reworking on from the ANA side in terms of how that works with all Santa Ray. But the, the big thing really is, is in, and the thing that's gating for us is this is just there wasn't a whole lot of bang for the buck yet just because there wasn't a whole lot of initiator support uh, within NVMe specifically. Cool. So um, I want to go into more detail about ANA, um, but this podcast is about ONTAP 9.7. So what we're going to do is we're going to take Mike into another podcast 
later on and do a more deep dive into the SAM features and the ANA offering with uh, ONTAP 9.7. So, Mike, did you want to add anything else before we cut back over to Skip? Yeah, so so it, all Santa Ray, the big thing is this is going to be the pathing. Uh, you're going to get some simplicity as well, which Skip alluded to. Uh, simply put, there's no reason for you to be concerned, and anyone setting up uh, all Santa Ray, you you would not be concerned or think about any uh, NAS features or uh, functions that are related to that. And so, for people who normally uh, you know, or coming from a VMAX or some other background, uh, that's going to feel very much more comfortable to them than uh, uh, you know, our normal unified, where you actually have to account for the fact that you could also serve files here. Yep. Yeah, and, and to be clear, this is something that you know, we've had several customers have been asking us to do this for, for uh, quite some time. Oh, yes. So. Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely go into more detail about that at a later date. Uh, so, Skip... What else do we have for the performance piece? Okay, yeah, in, in the powerful section, so <clears throat> starting with Flex Group, uh, we got um, sort of three key uh, enhancements to talk about. One is the bil- ability to convert Flex File volumes into a Flex Group volume or Flex File volume to a Flex Group volume w- with the data remaining in place. And you can do this conversion in less than a minute. In fact, typically takes less than 40 seconds. Uh, so no data migration required, which could take hours or even days if in a large data set. So this is a huge improvement in terms of um, enabling customers to take their existing data and get it into a flex group volume. Um, this also works with uh, tiered data uh, with FabricPool without touching the tiered data at all. So it's a pretty straightforward, quick process without touching uh, the data. Um, and of course, uh, when you do this, you wind up with a flex group volume that's got one member in it. And to get the full benefit of a flex group volume, you want multiple members. Uh, so the key recommendation is to add more members after you've done the in-place conversion uh, to, to realize those benefits. Um, the second uh, major enhancement with flex group is support for NFS version 4 and 4.1. Uh, so customers can now take advantage of the enhanced uh, security and locking capabilities uh, with those uh, versions of NFS uh, when they're um, doing this, uh, getting the scalability uh, benefits of Flex Group. So capacity scaling and performance scaling. And then the third thing uh, that's been added with 9.7 is the ability to back up using NDMP. Uh, so Flex Groups can now back up uh, to tape. So that's important Ooh. to many of our customers, um, particularly customers in uh, the ASIC uh, development world um, and I think in some healthcare uh, deployments as well. See, it's 2019. I believe uh, tape was going to be dead right around 2005. Nothing says innovation yeah. like NDMP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how wrong we were. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's dead for some things, but not for everything, Dan. Yeah, and I would I would caution if you have a flex group with billions of files, you probably don't want to back up the entire thing. Maybe you do it at a directory level. Just pro tip. Right, you you've got that. You can either do the, you know the large granular or the you know small granular capabilities. Right, so you got that flexibility. All right. Um, another scale out now's enhancement or other scale out now's enhancements 
are with our caching capability with FlexCache. So that's FlexCache provides the ability to fan out your repeat reads across multiple nodes within a single cluster or um, go between clusters to get local uh, latency uh, type performance instead of remote uh, latency. And those could be uh, so, geographically uh, distant uh, clusters, right? Uh, they can be geographically distant, and you can go from ONTAP in your data center to ONTAP in another data center, ONTAP select instance, or uh, cloud volumes ONTAP, or you can go the other direction. You can even go from cloud volumes ONTAP to cloud volumes ONTAP, if you like. So it's an any-to-any -any capability uh, with FlexCache. Um, so the specific enhancements in 9.7 are uh, increasing the storage efficiency with your cache volumes. So when we introduced FlexCache with 9.5, it included storage efficiency um, in terms of deduplication and compression. What we've added in 9.7 is thin provisioning of those cache volumes, and that enables uh, data compaction savings with it. Um, you can also, with 9.7, migrate your cache volumes using Volmove. So that's non-disruptive movement of your cache volumes within, in the same, within the same storage virtual machine. Uh, a third um, enhancement has to do with uh, support for native ONTAP auditing at the uh, cache of the cache volumes on reads. We had that on the origin volume already, so this enhances compliance with uh, regulatory and security uh, requirements. And then finally, um, FlexCache now supports antivirus scanning scheduled on the origin volume. So like FlexGroup, we've made FlexCache uh, more usable in more environments um, and customer deployments. So that rounds out what's powerful about 9.7. Um, I'd like to finish with what we've done in the trusted realm. Uh, so trusted includes principally both data protection and security. And I'll start with uh, data protection uh, and start with SnapMirror Synchronous. So we introduced SnapMirror Synchronous a year ago with ONTAP 9.5 uh, and then enhanced protocol support for it with 9.6. With 9.7, we finished that job by adding support for NVMe over fiber channel so now every protocol that ONTAP supports uh, can be synchronously replicated. So fiber channel, iSCSI, MVME for fiber channel, NFS, and SMB. Uh, in addition, uh, with 9.7, uh, application created snapshots and one clones will be synchronously replicated. And this enables third-party data management uh, software like Commvault and Veeam to take advantage of those to provide uh, consistent uh, restore points uh, should you need to do that um, due to an application failure, for example. Another aspect of data protection is uh, Metro Cluster. Um, and with Metro Cluster over IP, we've made it easier to deploy and less expensive to deploy. Uh, we are enabling with 9.7 for customers to use their own switches. Uh, they don't have to buy switches from NetApp anymore. That's in both their inter-site switches and their on-site switches. Um, to do this, 
customers need to show they've got enough bandwidth for the metro cluster traffic, uh, that they've got the right latency um, for the uh, round trip time, uh, and then they need to be able to apply uh, the requirements for the option settings uh, as, um, as are documented in the deployment guide. And of course, since these are customer-owned switches, the customer uh, is responsible for switch support. Uh, we're also introducing a new IP, uh, Metro Cluster IP mediator. So this takes the place of the tiebreaker, and it's a more functional um, uh, capability with the mediator and assures that when there's a disruption of connectivity or a failure on one half of your Metro Cluster, uh, that you're going to have a consistent uh, um, state bring up uh, on the other side uh, without um, any data loss. Two other Metro Cluster enhancements have to do with expanding uh, their interoperability. So Fabric Pool aggregates are supported now with Metro Cluster Fiber Channel and IP, and also FlexCache is supported with both types of Metro Cluster deployment. Uh, finally, um, from on the trusted side, we've made data at rest encryption simpler to use. It's enabled by default as long as there's an encryption key manager uh, configured on your cluster. Uh, if there isn't one configured, uh, when you set up the cluster, uh, system manager will help you um, create an onboard key manager uh, to do that. If you've deployed a NetApp storage encryption system or an AFF A800 or A320 or A400 that has self-encrypting uh, NVMe SSDs, uh, then ONTAP will automatically recognize that and use the hardware encryption to apply data at rest encryption. If hardware encryption isn't available, ONTAP will use software encryption, uh, either NetApp aggregate encryption if you create a new, brand new aggregate where you upgrade and there are no, you're not using NetApp volume encryption. If you have volume level encryption, it'll maintain that. And if you want to use it, you can override the aggregate encryption and use the volume encryption. So it's easier than ever to take advantage of data rest encryption with 9.7. So what are some other uh, benefits of using aggregate encryption besides you know, having the simplicity built in? Okay, um, so besides making it simpler to use, um, you've got one set of keys for all the volumes in the aggregate uh, to use. Uh, so that's simpler key management. Um, and you also get to take advantage of more storage efficiency on your AFF systems because with uh, common keys across volumes in the same aggregate, you get the benefit of aggregate deduplication saving. So uh, I know that's a lot that you've covered, Skip. Is there anything else that you might have missed? Uh, I mean, those are the key things. There's a few other enhancements um, that are, you know, for example, on Flex Group, we have support for Flex Clone, and we're we've added some other capabilities that interest closer to be able to um, say we're supported with uh, VMware, but we're not quite there yet, as you well know, but, but getting close. Yes, uh, getting closer. Uh, so, so I think, you know, this is the gist, and I think, you know, 9.7, we've already, ONTAP before 9.7 was extremely capable. Uh, you know, we would argue it's the best data management um, software out there. Um, and, you know, 9.7 just makes it that much better. Mm -hmm. 
Hey, Skip, do you want to give your uh, Insight presentation number for those people who have listened now and would like to check it out? Well, yeah, we gave it earlier. We gave it earlier. Well, let's give it again. Yeah, but yeah. I'll, I'll just remind people because I don't want to rewind. Even, yeah, maybe they're even more interested in, mm-hmm. in checking it out. So it's um, session 1276-1, and it's called Do More with Less Time and Effort with the latest releases of ONTAP. So it covers both ONTAP 9.6 and ONTAP 9.7. Also, if there's anything in this podcast that you heard that you would like for the podcast to cover in more depth, so we're already going to cover the all Santa rays, we're going to cover flex group conversion in a podcast, but if there's something else that you heard on here that you wanted us to flesh out some more, uh, hit us up at podcast at netup.com and we will try to arrange the proper experts to come on and give us the in-depth view of that. Thank you, Justin, for the opportunity once again to uh, be on one of your podcasts. It's always um, a pleasurable experience. Yeah, thank good. Great. I don't, I don't provide... You, you and the customers have yeah, got all the smart, powerful, and trusted, so it's good stuff. I don't provide massage pillows or anything, but I try to make it comfortable. <laughs> Good drugs. Yeah, I'm very good. Good drugs, yes. I hand out lots of good drugs beforehand. This is why everybody's so happy. All right, uh, cool. So Skip, uh, Mike, and John, thanks for joining us today. And Dan, thanks for for co-hosting here, adding some color commentary. Uh, Again, if we wanted to reach you, Mike, how would we do that? Uh, NetFFLI guy on Twitter. All right, Skip, uh, how do we reach you? Skip.Shapiro, S-H-A-P-I-R-O, at netapp.com. And John Jacob. Either LinkedIn or uh, an email at j-o-n.j-a-c-o-b at netapp.com. And uh, last but not least, Dan. At Dan Isaacs on the Twitter. At Dan Isaacs. And uh, Dan, one day, will learn how to speak into the microphone when he talks. (laughs) (sighs) He turns his back. (laughs) He does. He, He forgets the Doppler effect. Like, wow. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's sound effects. Yeah, something like that. It's it's late in the day. I'm, my ability to stay upright is lim- is waning. <laughs> All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netup. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Octavian Tanase, Jeff Baxter, Skip Shapiro, John Jacob, and Mike Peppers for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.